If you have your Bibles, please turn to Ruth chapter 3. Before we actually read any of chapter 3, I want to ask you a question. What have you learned from the first two chapters? What did you learn from chapter 1? It says in chapter 1, verse 1, that it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was famine in the land. And a certain man, Elimelech of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab and his wife and his two sons. His wife was Naomi, his two sons, Malon and Chilion. Poor guys. I want to ask you a question. Why do you suppose there was famine in Israel? Why do you suppose there was famine in Israel at this time? If you have your Bible with you, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11. We'll put it in verse 13. Verse 11. And it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments which I command you today to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will give you the rain for your land in its season and the early rain and the latter rain that you may gather in your grain your new wine and your oil. And I will send grass in your fields for your livestock that you may eat and be filled. Take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Lest the Lord's anger be aroused against you, and he shut up the heavens so that there be no rain, and the land yield no produce, and you perish quickly from the good land which the Lord is giving you. Therefore you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart, and in your soul, and bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be footless, frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, like the days of the heavens above the earth. So evidently Israel was not serving God and not doing what the Lord had told them, and so he sent a drought on the land. And so a man in Israel decided that he would go to Moab because maybe they'd have more to eat there in Moab than in Israel. Now, this is interesting if you think about it. It's kind of sad in a way. Is there a map up here with Moab on it? If not, we can get along without it. 
Is it up there? You see where it is? It's over by the Dead Sea. Now imagine leaving the lush land of Israel and Judah to go to a land that bordered the Dead Sea and have to walk about 60 or 70 or 80 miles to get there. They had no other means of transportation, but they went to Moab. Now, there would not be peace and prosperity in Moab. They would live there for 10 years. And Elimelech, who took took them there, would end up dying. This is Naomi's husband. And her two sons would also die in the land. So in a 10-year period to Moab, her husband died, and so did her sons. Now, before the sons died, they took two wives of the women of Moab. What we're reviewing this before we get into chapter 3. Are you with me? Okay. So before the two sons died, they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one wife was Orpah, and the name of the other wife was Ruth. So after her sons died, it says that the woman survived her two sons and her husband. Her husband died and her two sons. So then evidently Ruth had had enough of Moab. So in verse 6 of chapter 1, it says, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. So she wanted to leave Moab now and go back to Judah, to Israel, where the Lord had evidently stopped the drought and given them bread. In verse 7 of chapter 1, it says, Therefore she, Ruth, in other words, went out from the place, it should say Naomi, I'm sorry, went out from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go return each to her, your mother's house, and the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. Now one of the young wives went, Orpah went, but Ruth stayed because of her love for Naomi. And if we think about it, her reason for staying is famous to this day. You know, as a, I'll be 80 next year. And in 50-something years of being a pastor, I have wed more people. You said wedding vows to two, more people than I can remember or count. And in more than one of these weddings, the bride wished to use the, ruse, the words of Ruth in the wedding. And this is what Ruth said when uh, Naomi wanted her to leave and go back to where she was from. She said, Entreat me not to leave you. This is found in verse 16 of chapter 1. Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. 
For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. And your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. I don't know if Pastor Matt has used that before or not. You have? Most of the pastors I know have used it at one time or another. And then also in chapter 1, it says, at the beginning of verse 18, Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, Is this Naomi? But she said to them, Do not call me Naomi, which means pleasantness or delight, but call me Mara, which means bitter, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi or pleasant, since the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, who returned from the country of Moab. Now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. So they came back to the land of bread. If you remember when Pastor Matt taught one of the sections in Ruth, or Judges, I don't remember which, he said that Bethlehem means house of bread. Remember that? Bethlehem means house of bread. Why do you suppose God chose, chose the name Bethlehem, which means house of bread? I want to have you hark back to the time of Jesus and the disciples asking him questions. In John 6, the disciples said to him, What sign will you perform that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread, this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Do you remember the Passover? Just hours before Jesus was arrested and tried and crucified, he said to the disciples to prepare the Passover for him. So I think it was Peter who found the room. I don't remember. But a large upper room was either rented or secured, and it allowed all of the apostles to sit and to eat. Now, what was on the table of the Passover meal? What was there? Well, there was a firstborn male lamb. I'm sure it was roasted. And there was wine and unleavened bread. Now, the Lord Jesus said when they sat down, I have longed to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Now, why did he say that? I think what he said later tells us why he said that. As the meal was ending, the Lord Jesus reached on the table and took a piece of bread. <clears throat> and he said, take, eat. He broke it in pieces 
and handed it to the apostles. And he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. And after the supper, he took the cup and he passed each, the cup to each one. He said, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So Jesus is the bread of life. And then we come to chapter 2. In chapter 2, we find Ruth, now that she's back in Israel, back in the land of bread, back where God was blessing the crops again, Ruth asked Naomi permission to glean in the field of her kinsman redeemer, Boaz. (coughs) If you remember, God uh, taught the Jewish people not to take everything out of the field, but allow the people who had to glean to have their living, to be able to get enough to take care of their families. So Ruth asked Naomi, I would like to go and glean in the field of Boaz, my kinsman redeemer. So Ruth did go and glean in the field, and Boaz noticed her. He noticed that she was a virtuous woman, She didn't flirt with the young men, but she worked hard at gleaning in the field to take home to her mother-in-law so her mother-in-law would have something to eat. I'm reading now from uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 23. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boab. So Ruth... The Moabites said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. Then we come to chapter 3. Verse 1, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek security for you that it may be well with you? Now Boaz whose young women you were with, is he not our relative? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Now, what is Naomi referring to when she says, may I not seek security for you, Ruth? She's referring to the law of the kinsman redeemer. God gave this law through Moses, that there would be a kinsman redeemer. What was a kinsman redeemer? The Jewish word, the Hebrew word, is goel. She reminded Ruth that Boaz was their goel. What did God mean by a kinsman redeemer? And this is God's specific commandment that there be a kinsman redeemer. The kinsman redeemers were responsible to buy a fellow Israelite out of slavery. You can find that in Leviticus 25. The kinsman redeemer was responsible to be the avenger of blood to make sure the murderer of a family member answered to the crime. The kinsman redeemer was responsible to buy back family land that had been forfeited. You can find that in Leviticus 25. He was responsible to carry on the family name by marrying a childless widow. So when Ruth was asked by her, Mother-in-law, Naomi, may I 
get security for you. She was what she was talking about was talking to Boaz about marrying her daughter-in-law who was a widow. You know, widows in Israel had a tough road to hoe. They didn't have a means of income unless they were married. So the Lord in his kindness established this rule, this law, that there would be a kinsman redeemer who would marry a widow who had no means of support. So as a near kinsman, that was his job to marry her. One Bible commentator, a guy by the name of Morris, said that the Goel, the kinsman redeemer, was responsible to safeguard people, property, and the ongoing posterity of the family. Now, Naomi was wise. She had a lot of she had a woman's truly a woman's intuition. These are the instructions she gave to Ruth. Somebody who has a better voice than I do, read chapter 3, verse 3. Read it out loud. Somebody with a good voice. So what is Naomi saying to her, to Ruth? She's saying, I want you to look good and make a good presentation when you go glean in the field. So verse 3 says, Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself, put on your best garment, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies. You shall go in, uncover his feet, and lie down. And he will tell you what you should do. Verse 5, And she said to her, All that you say to me, I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all her mother-in-law had instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain, and he came softly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself, and there a woman was lying at his feet. And he said, Who are you? So she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. Then he said, Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning, in what you did not in that you did not go after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request. For all the people of my town know you are a virtuous woman. Now, it is true that I am a close relative. In other words, I'm your kinsman redeemer. However, there is a relative closer than I. Stay this night, and in the morning it shall be that if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good. In other words, if he will marry you, good. Let him do it. But if he does not want to perform the duty to you, then I will perform the duty for you. As the Lord lives, lie down until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, and she arose before one could recognize another. In other words, it was still dark. Then he said, Do not let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. Also, he said, 
bring the shawl that is on you and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six ephahs of barley and laid it on her. Then she went into the city. When she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Is that you, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her. And she said, These six ephahs of barley he gave me. For he said to me, Do not go empty-handed to your mother-in-law. Then he said, Sit still, my daughter, until... Oh, no, then she said, Naomi said, Sit still, my daughter, until you know how this matter will turn out. For the man will not rest until he has concluded this matter this day. You can't beat a woman's intuition. She knew from what this man had said and what he did that he already cared for Ruth. And he wanted to gladly fulfill the kinsman redeemer role and marry her so she would have a living and not be destitute in Israel. You know, the Bible is not boring. This is a precious story that we've thought about tonight. About young women who really cared for their mother-in-law. You know, you have to be a Christian to really love your mother-in-law. But you should. You certainly should do that. You know, when we break up in a little bit um, into groups, we're going to have some questions. You're going to be given some questions. I think what I'm going to do is read you those questions right now so you can be thinking about it so you won't be so much on the spot. Here's the first one. Is Ruth's love and respect for her mother-in-law, Naomi, an example for you in your own family? If you have a mother-in-law, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but if you have a mother-in-law, how is your relationship with her? Do you treat her with respect and love? As a near kinsman of Ruth, Boaz was willing to obey God's law of the kinsman redeemer and marry her. What does this say about Boaz's devotion to God? How does it compare to your devotion and obedience? Imagine God telling you to marry someone you hardly knew. Would you obey What were some of the virtues Boaz noticed about Ruth? Okay, you're going to have to say something about that in the group. Let's pray and be dismissed. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for these accounts in the first three chapters of Ruth. They teach us that we are to love you and obey you. And they teach us that you are a good God who pours out blessing upon your people. When your people honor you, you bless them. And Father, please help us to be more faithful in our walk the remainder of this week. Help us to be witnesses to others. Help us to love you and adore you and your word and adore your people and those about us, our neighbors. Help us to love our neighbors as ourselves. 
So I pray for each and every brother and sister in this congregation that you will bless them this week and help them to walk with you and love you and enjoy fellowship with you. In Jesus' name, amen.